Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 14 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I interview John Garcia. John is best known for his work in the desert scene as the former frontman of Caius. He also has a diverse catalog with other bands like Slowburn, Hermano, Vistachino, and most recently his solo band, aptly named John Garcia. We discuss his latest album, the acoustic record, The Coyote That Spoke in Tongues, which drops January 27th. We also talk about the desert scene and his very regular life as a family man, which includes bumping Taylor Swift with his daughter. Later, Robin of the Ocean discusses his first band and Cat Jones of the Invisible Oranges column, Talking After Midnight, recommends Dorothea Cottrell. So before my interview with John Garcia, here's some of the new acoustic version of the Caius track, Gardenia, from John's album, The Coyote That Spoke in Tongues. Take you down and take you down One smoke and your head spins around and around Chromax, million drags and never lags An oil-drenched mama you've never seen Hi, how's it going? Not bad, how are you? Good, good, good. Just, you know, Sunday morning, press day, um, but things are good. Good. I, I've got to say, I've never had uh, an interview on a Sunday, and you, your schedule seemed to be only Sundays. Busy the rest of the week? Yeah, well, I, I've, I've, got a, I've got a full-time job, you know, so... Uh, and then uh, sometimes I work Saturdays and, uh, so Sundays are my, are my day off. And, uh, so, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. And, and, um, uh, I, I, I apologize that I have to, well, that you have to call me on a, on a Sunday morning, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's, you do what you got to do. And, uh, but yeah. I'm not at all offended that I'm calling on a Sunday. It is uh, my day of rest also. Sorry that yours is now being taken up with uh, talking to all of us. Really. All good. No, no, no. <laughs> thank, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Of course. All right. So I'll go ahead and get us going, sir. Um, the new album that is about to drop, I believe, in two Fridays? The... Uh-huh. On the 27th, uh-huh. Yes. Uh, the Coyote Who Spoke in Tongues. What is the significance of the Coyote? Because it's come up before in uh, Uni- Uni- Unida? Never heard mm-hmm. it said, and uh, other sort of things for you. Um, well, it, it's it's all it is really, Daniel. It's just the title of a of a of a book, if you will, or in this case, title of a record. And <clears throat> these songs are just you know chapters, merely in, in 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 the book. And you know, I I I I've resided in the desert for you know for my entire life, and. Um, uh, it just it made sense just to to uh, name it that, and you know I'm not always the <clears throat> I'm I'm you know I'm I'm not misunderstood by by any means, but it's it's just an, a very very appropriate title for 
for uh, this collection of songs. So uh, again, basically, it's just a, a, a title of a book. So just no massive significance that I'm just like over. Well, I'm definitely overthinking it then. Um, the uh, artist Beck once referred to playing the song "Loser" as his own song, as covering someone else's music because it's from 1994. He's just in a completely different mindset now. How do you feel revisiting songs like uh, "Green Machine" or "Gardenia" on on this record? Um, you know, to 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 go back and and to change them from the original tracks, like you know, Brent Bjork wrote both those tracks, "Gardenia" and and Green Machine. So to revisit them at, at, at my age right now and acoustically and change them dramatically, um, it was a it was a, a, a cool task. It was a cool challenge. Um, uh, and, <clears throat> you know, something that uh, I thought was, again, appropriate for this record. And uh, it's just my versions, my takes of, of of these songs at where I'm at in my life right now, and and that's 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 really all it is, you know. <clears throat> and and to mirror to what you say, it's not. I never I never overthink anything at all, you know. It's just <clears throat> it comes natural uh, to 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 do you know what I did on this record and to to use the players that I, uh, you know, Aaron and, and Mike and Greg and. And and uh, Robbie and Steve and and, and Ronnie so it was, it was um you know it was it just came very natural and didn't overthink anything at all it was just we had to do a record and this is what we did and and this is how it turned out and and we just took it from there. Uh, last year there was mention of two solo albums dropping in 2016 and here we are in <laughs> 17 with the acoustic record. How is the other album coming? <laughs> Thank you for calling me on that. <laughs> Um, well, it, it, you know, when I started out 2016, I was really gun ho about all of this stuff. And, you know, when you, when you have a full-time job and two kids and a wife and you try to, you know, shit out two records, uh, you know, boy, it was a, you know, it was a reality. Um, you know, the record would have come out in, in 2016, this acoustic record, but, um, uh, you know, the, there's something that go far and beyond my, my control, which is the record label. So um, it would have been nice winter of 2016, uh, be, you know, end of 2016, but it didn't happen. As far as the electric record is concerned, uh, that took a that took a backseat to the acoustic record. Um, my my uh, producer um, uh, for the acoustic record, my original producer for the acoustic record, Harper Hug. Between his schedule and my schedule, it didn't it didn't mesh up. So I had to switch studios midstream, and switch producers and engineers, and uh, so it was a little bit of a setback. Um, but <clears throat> as far as the, the the electric record is concerned, we're in full swing. Um, Aaron and I got together yesterday, wrote another song. Um, we're we're probably sixty percent done, um, but I'll just take it from there. I'm assuming that's what, because I got a uh, like a press release for this acoustic record, and you're quoted in it saying "better late than never" on this. It's a reference to those two, I'm assuming. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. And yeah. uh, with bands now churning out albums every four to five years, or sometimes even more if you're you know a handful of 
uh, bands out there. Do you think there's still an urgency to keep the Motorhead-like two-year uh, album cycle alive? No. No, absolutely not. I, I don't. I think every musician has this this timeline or whatever's going on in their lives, depending on the record label and, and the, you know, family life versus no family life. Um, there are no rules. Uh, I certainly do not set any rules. I have goals that are sometimes met, sometimes not met, um, but absolutely not. I, I, I don't think shitting out records. Um, some people can do it. Some people can release a record every single year or every single two years. Um, uh, but, you know, some people can't. But as far as rule book is concerned and, and, and what, you know, what rules do I play by? If there was a rule book, I threw it out a long time ago. I, I do not play by anything. It's, it's more of, <clears throat> really, to be quite honest with you, it's really what my what, what the family uh, and work allows me to do because this is this is all just a this is all just a fucking bonus as far as I'm concerned playing music and shitting out records uh this is just a bonus and and I try to keep my eye on you know on the ball uh which is you know making sure my family has enough steaks in the freezer and and um uh you know they're they're happy and healthy and and I'm happy as well uh sorry for that long-winded answer no it's it's completely fine uh, I, I've read that you work in the veterinary field, and it seems something that you're really passionate about. And having lived the life of like a, a touring, you know, on the road dog band, but now the music's kind of, like you said, become a bonus. Is this how you prefer it, or do you still have like aspirations of being uh, like a Metallica or something? Or do you see yourself? Do you wish you were at a higher, even like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without, insu- without uh, insulting your legacy, but like, because it is a great one, but like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it, Daniel, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know about legacy, Daniel. I, I, I'm that that word to me uh, belongs in a in a Jimmy Page, uh, Jim Morrison, you know, Robert Plant, uh, Jimi Hendrix, and, and and go on and on when it comes to that that word legacy. Um, as far as uh, me just being a, 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 a normal guy in an extraordinary position, um, working with animals and, and, and playing with the guys that I that I, that I play with, uh, it's an honor. Um, but I, you know, I, it's just something that uh, I don't overthink at all. I, I really don't overthink this position that I'm in, uh, and it's just simply more of a me being a family man and um and and very lucky to you know being able to 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 play music so i i don't overthink things by any by any by any means I, and i hope that i i hope that answered the question okay yeah what do your uh what do your kids think of your music uh, they're very unimpressed. They, <laughs> they're very, very, very unimpressed. They, 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 they really don't. They really don't care. Uh, honestly, I mean, my daughter, she's she's 13, who's uh, in in the Bahamas right now, uh, relaxing in the, in, in the sun during the winter time, and she's doing her thing. Um, uh, and and my son, who's in the other room, uh, today is free day. Uh, we we kick his butt pretty hard when it comes to. Uh, you know, uh, scholastic things, uh, and his, his education, 
during the other six days of the week, so we we give them a day off, and uh, so they're they're very unimpressed. They don't care. They've got other things they they want to do, and um, but you know, occasionally from time to time, uh, you know, Marshall will will, will come out with me um, to a couple shows over in Europe, and and uh, Madison might come out uh, this summer uh, over to Europe for for a couple shows. Uh, I, I love spending time with my kids. That's that's a huge, that's that's a big part of my life. And um, so anytime I, I, I get a chance to to bring them out and just to spend a little bit of extra time with them, um, you know, even before work, if I if I'm able to drop Marshall off at, at school, um, that's a big huge bonus. And I I I enjoy just the little the little things uh, like that. Uh, so. Um, yeah. Uh, again, sorry for the long-winded answer, but they're very unimpressed. Uh, musically, what are they into? Um, Marshall likes Maroon Five. Um, he's the he's the Adam Levine guy. Um, Madison, she's into um, a lot of pop, uh, a lot of pop, a lot of Taylor Swift, uh, Justin Timberlake. Uh, she doesn't listen to a lot of rock. They don't listen to a lot of rock. Marshall listens to. The audio slave. Um, he he does like Chris Cornell, um, but you know if Madison wants to pop on, you know the latest Taylor Swift and the car. I, I, quite honest with you, Daniel, I I have no problem with cranking it up. I I really don't. I, I, I if she likes it, I'm I'm totally down, and um, uh, we you know we listen to it all the time. So it's not something that I'm ashamed of. It's not something that that uh, I I try to push music on them, whatever they dig. Um, they dig, and and we and we crank it up in in in, in the Prius, and, and that's the reality of of, of being a dad. So um, yeah, that's kind of fantastic to imagine that. Are you singing along with Bad Blood, or you just kind of let her take the uh, lead on that? <laughs> uh, I no, no, I don't. I don't sing along. I I, I don't sing along. I I, I enjoy her uh, her. You know, her. You know, getting down to it. And but no, I I, I don't sing along. I, I I get a I get a kick out of her getting a kick. You know, I, that's that to me is 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 cool um, for me to to see her. You know, getting down on on something that she digs. Um, I I I totally enjoy that. Uh, to come back to the new record a little bit, were there any uh, other songs either from any previous band project, anything that you tried to put in acoustic context that didn't really fit? Yeah, we did. I tried to put a, a couple of monotunes on there, um, but you know, sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. And this was a, a challenging record. We tried to do a, a few other, you know, Caius tunes, um, uh, but they, they, some songs lend themselves. Uh, in in our eyes, and in, in, in me and Aaron, Aaron and I, um, they were like, okay, this one's going to make it. This one's definitely dead. We tried it; uh, it just didn't work out, um, as some songs do and 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 don't. Um, but you know, that's that's working working it out and working through some of the things. And that's Daniel. That's the fun part. That's the actual fun part is is working it out. Um, I enjoy sitting down in, in the studio um, with Aaron, as I did yesterday, uh, and we wrote uh, a brand new song called Moscow, 
uh, which Aaron presented to me in Moscow last year. And, um, you know, that, that's the fun part is working through all that stuff, getting in the rehearsal joint and, you know, uh, having a, you know, having a vodka cranberry and sitting back with Aaron and, and talking about, you know, his week, my week and, and, uh, and working through the songs and watching, you know, stupid, you know, cat videos. Uh, that's, that's exactly what we did yesterday, but you know, that, that's, that's the enjoyable part is working through all that stuff. First of all, there's no stupid cat video. All cat videos are the <laughs> highest quality. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to ask you. Sorry. I got derailed by thinking about my cat because she's. Being no, out. no, no. I, I, I got to send you this one, this one video. We were literally mesmerized for like an hour <laughs> yesterday over this one cat video. Do I have your phone number here? I don't know if I have your phone number. I'd love to text this video to you. It's, it's so rad. This cat just jumping up and down over this, over this, this, over nothing, but it's, it's mesmerizing. We were laughing for like an hour yesterday over this thing. Anyway. Uh, I, I did call your number. I, I'm assuming I could text it and be like, send me cat vid. And then hopefully, hopefully I'm the yeah. only one whose cat, vid, cat videos come up with, so you know, it's me. It's so, it's, it's, it's mesmerizing. It's, it's it's so stupid. It's it's we just watched it for an hour. Anyway, I, I'm very curious. That was Kylie from John Garcia's The Coyote That Spoke in Tongues. We'll be back with more with John after this. This, of course, is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Robin Stapps of The Ocean tells us about his heavy metal origins. My first band was called Clandestine, and it was a mid-90s, what was called back then, new school hardcore band. Okay. Somehow we were influenced by bands like Catharsis... Gehenna, <laughs> Groundwork, Unbroken, bands like that, like early, mid-90s, uh, political, hardcore bands, and that's kind of what we sounded like as well. It was, it was heavy, it was abrasive, it was more slow than fast, and not, not that shit, actually. Could you listen to it now without cringing? I, we, had, we released one 7-inch record, like a split 7-inch record, that I haven't listened to in a very long time, so I can't really answer that question. I okay. would actually be keen to listen to it now. But I, I guess I wouldn't be blushing or totally embarrassed. It's it's like 90s hardcore. That's what I grew up with. So. Nice. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah.
As you may remember from an earlier episode, Robin and the Ocean are currently in the studio recording their follow-up to 2013's Pelagial. Its release is expected later this year. Now, I'd be bad at this whole podcast host gig if I didn't toss in a little Caius as a nod to my guest of honor. Here's some of my favorite Caius song from the album Welcome to Sky Valley. This is Supa Scoopa, The Mighty Scoop. Are you guys, you said you're going out to uh, Europe this summer. Are you doing any other touring, acoustic tours maybe? Yeah, the acoustic, we're going to go out and support this acoustic record for a couple weeks. Just for, just for, it's actually two weeks and one day, as a matter of fact, and that's including travel days. So <clears throat> we're heading over to Europe, going to support it, um, anywhere from Croatia to the UK and everywhere in between. A lot of traveling. <clears throat> and then... Um, uh, I'm going to go out with the, the JG full band uh, in in um, uh, April to, to test some new material out uh, and get ready for the studio. And and um, uh, so I, I've got <clears throat> two weeks with Aaron acoustically in April, two weeks with the full band uh, in March, uh, and then I've got one week uh, with Slowburn uh, over in Europe just 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 for fun. Uh, so, and, and then that's really it for the year. And, and obviously be getting in the studio and recording the electric band, that's, that's going to take up the, the rest of the part of it. So my, my 2017 is already booked solid and, uh, we're just going to take it from there. Uh, how does your job react every time you're asking for time off to go touring? Um, my, my doctor's, my doctor is really cool. He's very, 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 very cool. He's a big part of big part of um the garcia you know household uh, you know not only do um i work for um you know uh, the, the 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 main man behind palm springs animal hospital but um my my wife uh works for uh, uh dr hennon as well uh so he's got you know he's got me and and wendy uh, helping him um run uh, Palm Springs Animal Hospital, and he's he's by far one of the coolest doctors I've ever worked with. Um, practices unbelievable medicine, and uh, it's a pleasure and actually an honor uh, working for him. So he's he's really cool about me me taking off. Um, uh, you know, not only does my family allow me to to be able to do what I do, but but he allows me to take off, um, play music. And come right back. Uh, so he, he he's a big part of the life, and and uh, I appreciate everything that he does for for the Garcia you know household for sure. 
Um, you grew up in the, the Palms Desert area and you still are there. What keeps you in, in the desert? Well, uh, um, I've, I've always remember growing up here. There, there's a common misconception that I, that I, I you know, I, I, I did go and I did go to Palm Desert High School, but I never, I never lived in, in Palm Desert. Um, Palm Desert is, is like the, 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 the Beverly Hills. Apologies. Of, 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 of yeah, of the desert. Um, and, and by no means am I Beverly Hills type of material. So I, I, I never, I never, uh, I, I, I never lived there. Uh, Indio, La Quinta, Palm Springs, Morongo Valley, um, which is all part of the Coachella Valley. There are all these little cities, um, in the desert. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm Daniel, I'm right smack dab in the middle of the desert right now. And, um, there's just something to say about the, you know, how beautiful, beautiful it is and, and uh, the solitude of it. Um, it just, my wife and I made a, we made a move to Los Angeles once. And, and, and I say this all the time upon unpacking our first box, I knew I had made a, a, a bad mistake. So we stayed there, um, fulfilled our, you know, kind of commitment. And then, um, thank God we, we kept our house out here and we moved right back. And, uh, so here we are, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful place. I, I love Palm Springs. Um, I love where we live and, and, uh, it's just, it's just part of, you know, who we are. How do you feel about that area becoming so popular with the music festivals? Uh, you know, that, that it, my point of view is I, I think it's overblown be quite honest with you. Uh, I think that the, the, the whole desert scene, all of that, <clears throat> with all of the, you know, these, some of these documentaries, whether it be low desert sound or blah, 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 or this and that, whatever. Uh, I, I think it was, I think it's totally overblown. You know, I, it's, I think that this type of stuff goes on all over the world. Um, you know, and I think it was overblown partly in, in because of, of Caius and we were very, very proud of, you know, these generator parties and, and, uh, you know, where we were from, although it's only two hours away from Los Angeles, um, and San Diego and, and, you know, Mexico border, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's very isolated. Um, but times are changing and it's, we're in full swing, it's full season right now. So we get a lot of snowbirds and it's very busy, uh, out here, but I, I think it's overblown and just kind of, uh, it's, it's not, I don't think it's as special as people really put it out to be. I think that if there's a, there's a will behind music, uh, and it's a necessity to, to, to somebody, one's going to find a way to, to play music and that's all we did. Uh, so, you know, the desert is a beautiful place. You know, Joshua Tree is is gorgeous. Palm Springs is beautiful, um, and the Coachella Valley is a, is is a is a is a special place. Some people get it, some people don't. Some people, you know, come out here and say, "Oh, you know, what's so special about the you know the desert?" and they don't see anything. Some people come out here and see everything, and you know, I I'm one of those people who 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 see everything. I, I dig being out in the desert. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's just part of home and, and part of, you know, who we are and, and where we live and, and we're, you know, we're moving and grooving. Thank you for talking to me and I'm looking forward to that cat video.
go over. So, so this is your number? Yes, it is. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll try to text it to you, brother. All right, fantastic. Thank you very much, and uh, have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Daniel. Do the same. Thank you. Coyote That Spoke in Tongues by John Garcia will drop January 27th via Napalm Records. For more on John and any of his projects, head to facebook.com slash Official. I like to end every episode with a recommendation, and from time to time, I call in my heavy metal friends to help me out. In this episode, artist, interviewer, writer, and longtime friend, the mighty Cat Jones, joins us. Here's Cat. Hey guys, I'm Cat Jones. I'm a writer for Noisy, as well as an advice columnist over on Invisible Oranges. And I'm also a lifelong fan of Caius and all the other bands that are from and inspired by the Palm Desert, California scene. So when Daniel graciously asked me to contribute to this episode, I thought, well, fuck yeah. So um, John Garcia's new record is incredible, isn't it? Um, I had a, I admit that I had some reservations about how well Caius songs would translate to like folky campfire tunes, but they're completely haunting and get under your skin in a totally new way. Um, kind of like the way Brant Bjork's record Local Angel does. So it got me thinking about the last time a heavier type singer went acoustic and totally stole my heart. And I think it was a couple of years ago when Dorothea Cottrell from Windhand put out her solo Americana record. And the comparison isn't entirely correct because Dorothea's solo record was entirely new material and very separate from anything she'd done in the past, but it was similar in how it made me feel, and it shed light on her in a very new way. So the song I want to share with you is Oak Grove, and you can find the album, which is just called Dorothea Cottrell, on Force Field Records' Bandcamp page. So lie down, close your eyes, and enjoy! Thanks so much for having me. Gonna 
Dorothea Cottrell, head to forcefieldrecords.org. That does it for this episode. As always, if you want to speak to me, you can head to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal, email farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com, or I'm on Twitter at Ovacord. As always, the theme is Far Beyond Metal by Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.